Oh, oh, ladies and gentlemen, as I grab my belly for the benefit of no one because they can't see me, I'm like Santa Claus here on this, the last of your regularly scheduled chair shot podcast for the calendar year 2021. I was about to say for the Christmas season, but it's for the calendar year 2021 as well. Um, I'm, I'm one of your, your, your hosts, jolly old St. Barry Lad. Joined as always by my helpful little elves. First of all, Paul Griffin. No, I've been at the gym, brother. I ain't no little elf anymore. <laughs> you're like you're like Buddy the elf. You're just towering over all the other ones. That's true. Yeah, mm. That's me. And also, pulling our sleigh tonight, the one and only Joe Towner. <laughs> Good evening, lads. Here we are, Christmas. But I tell you what, he will be included in the in the Christmas games on this show. Let me tell you. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Leading the old slate. All right. <laughs> <laughs> I just right. want to ha- ha- make it aware to people, right? We, we, one of the, the, the talks uh, that we had in November and December was, was this other podcast that started that stole our little name, right? Go on. This isn't like complete schadenfreude, but... It's going to be. It's absolutely going to be. I don't know what this is, but it's definitely going to be that. They've, they've only done one episode since the 16th of November. Not very regular. Mm, Hopefully mm, they haven't mm. fallen off and stopped doing them. Oh, <laughs> that would be unfortunate. Oh, angry little man, you thieving bastards. You can go to the gym all you want, but you can't work off of that pettiness, my friend. Absolutely <laughs> not. There's no, there's no gym for the soul. That's yeah. what I've learned. Um, I would have just loved to have been a fly on the wall when they go, oh, let's get the uh, the URL at chairshotpodcast.com. Oh, it's already taken. Oh, dear. Anyway. Such is life. Such is life, yes. <laughs> thankfully, we're, being the, we're being the bigger man about it, though, thankfully. Um, Physically. Yeah. With my um, big muscles. Bam, 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 bam. Speaking of being bigger man. <laughs> I've I've uh, I've been off work this week. The old the old Christmas holly bobs, mm-hmm. um, and let me tell you, the main thing I've been doing is eating. Uh, it's been yeah. it's been pretty pretty great. Uh, glass, ha- I'm being glass half full here uh, because loads of plans got cancelled, baby. Just yeah. left, right, and centre. Things were were deteriorating in uh, before me at a, at, a, at a rapid pace. Supposed to go to a gig on Thursday. That didn't happen. I think I've talked already about two staff parties that didn't happen. We had a gig on Friday that did go ahead, but they had to hastily move it out of a venue into a marquee in in a literal alleyway um, uh, and cut its runtime to 45 minutes. So that happened. So, you know, but there's been a lot of uh, just sitting at home and working through the old the old uh, video game backlog. Uh, but I did also um, uh, venture out and get some delicious food. Um, uh, on my time off from work, I got um. There's like a there's like a, a food court, uh, like with loads of food trucks in in Limerick now. It's like a little marketplace, uh, and so so far this week I had a little uh, breakfast crepe mm. with. Uh, and when I say breakfast crepe, I'm not talking about no fucking strawberries and fucking honey and sugar. <laughs> not get that shit the fuck out. Of I mean breakfast, breakfast. You know, I'm talking cheese, I'm talking bacon, I'm talking fried eggs, all in a crepe, like the French would respect. You know, so I got I got one of them. Um, a place opened up that started doing uh, Korean chicken, 
which uh, uh, I was like, okay, well, let's, I don't know. I'm not sure what to expect here different to, you know, regular old tasty chicken um, in, in, in a barbecue sauce. But, oh, my fucking God, was it good. And I got one of those uh, big, long, you know, spirally chips on, on, a, on a kebab skewer. <laughs> a big spirally chip. Yeah, I'm a man of culture. I know what it's called, but I choose not to say it. Um, I actually don't I have no idea. Is it so, just like a spiral cut potato? Yes. Yeah, yeah. On, and stretched across a kebab uh, skewer. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't know how they did it. I have eaten my share of fried chicken in my day, my friends. But oh my god, crispy on the outside and juicy on the inside, and just the oh, as Paul's webcam—he's been assassinated. We're looking at we're looking down at his his production desk now. Sorry, um, more, more. <laughs> sorry, but I noticed the laptop wasn't plugged in, and the 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 laptop cable the plug-in bit was actually under the laptop so i had to lift it up to get the cable out and my little chaos webcam, my little webcam took a bump brother oh god my little webcam was like ortiz being thrown out of being allowed to be a ringside <laughs> um but yeah i had i had i had mouth-watering chicken and then uh, um uh, uh today a little bit hungover a little bit seedy so i went mm. and got uh, some barbecue wings and bacon cheese fries which were also quite easy. so i've i've been eating and being merry this christmas i mean they can cancel all the events and the and the and, and everything they want but are you yeah you you will never take food away from me i i agree um, i i never truly understood because of the youthful metabolism that we've had i never really <laughs> understood the uh the grumbling about you know the, let's say the parents or or the the aunts and uncles whoever oh, Oh, Christmas season! Time to work off the, you know, the big belly. I was like, "What are you talking about? You don't eat that much on Christmas." And now I'm like, "Oh, yeah." As it starts to slow down, like what was it? October? I started doing the the sex vacation 2020, mm, right? mm. which, to be fair, I I've consistently been going to the gym like three, four times a week since then. And I will say, right, arms. My arms are are bigger than they've ever been, right? Ooh. Like, like I noticeably, noticeably, I'm like, Jesus, my arms are looking pretty good these days. Legs, ooh, I can see like the definition, the quads of that. He's like Stacy Keebler over there. Belly, same size, same big belly. Um, and like I've put on like ten pounds since October. It's weird. I haven't, I haven't lost any weight. Yeah, the the belly is the toughest. Is the toughest, toughest to lose. Um. Yeah, it's funny you were kind of mentioning about the the you know as you grow older, just becoming more aware of that stuff. Like I, I I'm like I and this this would have been like heresy to say when I was like you know fifteen or sixteen. Yeah. But like but like tomorrow we're having like normal dinner. I'm going to do like steaks. <laughs> I'm going to do like steak and and garlic potatoes and and some little veg on the side, and yeah. I can't wait because oh, I'm like I, I'm like yeah steak. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, that's oh. We're doing normal dinner tomorrow, just the lobster and caviar lunch. Uh, oh, 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 sorry, sorry, I, sorry, I, sorry. Sometimes I do treat myself. I go for the Tesco finest meat. All right, I'm allowed to do that once in a while, boys. Excuse no, no, me, this for me tomorrow. Excuse me, for that bag of baby potatoes. Well, it is Christmas. Let's treat ourselves. Come on now. Let's get. Let's get. Let's get two. Let's get two. Come on. We're <laughs> We're eating well. We're eating well. There will be no um, need to spend money on toilet paper. That'll be going right through me. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, but I was like, yeah, I now I'm like legitimately like looking forward to it. I'm like, I'm chipped out. And I never thought I'd be chipped out, but I've had so many chips in, in the last week. 
Yeah. That like, and I, I feel I'm like a, it's, it's partially, it could partially be booze, but I feel like I just have a sort of brick in the middle of my stomach that I'm looking to get mm. rid of. Yeah. Um, the bloatedness and just the general, like, I've showered and washed my face multiple times. Like, I still feel, I have a grime on me, and I'm like, you know what, all right. Yeah. Regular dinners, nothing Spornzy out of a brown bag. and uh, what's the other fella called? <laughs> what? <laughs> the grime on your face. Oh, <laughs> terrible. Absolutely terrible. Well, let me tell you um, what I found in the week, right? Cause go I, on. I, I went, the opposite of you, I went to the shop specifically to buy chips. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> And I, there's a new brand of chips out that's quickly becoming my favorite chip brand. Go on. Uh, Aunt Bessie's chips. Right? Aunt okay. Bessie, okay. Aunt Bessie's. And it's a, it's a frozen chip. Um, I I like a thicker chip, I must say. I like my chips like I like my women. Chunky. Um, chunky chip. chips. Uh, especially, oh my God, I saw this on MasterChef in, in the week, right? Someone, someone did like a, a a deconstructed steak and chips, right? Which is fine. <laughs> Isn't it already deconstructed? Kind what? of, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, uh, my reinvention of steak and chips, right? The chips were like, you know, the way you have like uh, shoestring, which is like the skinniest, even skinnier yeah. than that. I'm like, they oh. will not be able to soak up the no. lovely steak juice. You need the the fluffiness in the inside to soak up the steak juice. I, 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 if I go to a restaurant and I buy steak with chips. And they come out with shoestring. I'm always very disappointed. I say, no, 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 no. Shoestring plus steak do not fare well. I want. Mate, why don't you Google junkers. what steak chips are and tell me if this is what they are? Right? <laughs> exactly. Anyway, I went to the shop specifically <laughs> to buy chips, specifically to buy Aunt Bessie chips. Uh, my favorite ones that they do are the home style straight cut because they're they're bigger than your regular steak without necessarily being like chunky, chunky. But I saw a new product and I picked it up. I have, I'm unfortunately haven't tried it yet. I, I don't have a review for the listeners. But Aunt Bessie's honey glazed parsnips. Ooh. Oh, now let me tell you, I am a man who enjoys uh, chopping honey. up a parsnip. Ch- well, honey, I can I can <laughs> give or take. Chopping up a parsnip and putting it in the air fryer. It's it's the next. It's it's obviously it's not as good as chips. But it's the next best thing. I, I definitely enjoy it. Um, but what I don't like is the hassle of cutting up a parsnip. So when I saw these, I said, <laughs> bingo, I'll give them a try. So maybe tomorrow or the next day, I will have a go with them. Uh, Aunt Bessie's parsnips, honey glazed parsnips, and they will go uh, in the air fryer. Little bit of oil, a little bit of salt. Yum, yum, yum. So we will see. Anyway, Barry, sorry, I interrupted your life guff. No, 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 I, 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 I did not have much else uh, life guff beyond that. Um, uh, yeah, you know, so um, I did a lot of eating. That was really it. Still off work, still enjoying that. I'm off next week there as well, and I'll be doing more of the same, I'm fairly sure. Yeah, I'm on um, my holidays now as well. Two, two weeks and one day of Christmas holidays. I'm beautiful. back on the 4th of January. Um, you're going you're gonna to miss the Tokyo Dome. <laughs> I'm gonna be away on uh what am I doing? I'm gonna be away somewhere the the day of the New Japan uh Noah day three. Mm. I think I, I think that's the day I'm going to the spa hotel Ooh, place. Lovely. Mm. Um so that that's a good call. You made the right call there. Come on. Now. Very much looking forward to that. To be honest, I'm not gonna watch day one or day two of New Japan anyway. Well yeah, I I, I have no interest, so Ooh, we're not supposed to be bit. Um 
What have I got on in my life this week? Uh, well, I did attend the little Discord Christmas party oh, yeah. uh, with with all of our mutual friends from the the former website that we we all uh, you know were members of and met on, mm-hmm. and that was a lot of fun. There was there was Secret Santa done. Uh, there was uh, quizzes. There was fun and games. There was laughs, tears. There, there, <laughs> there were no tears. Exactly, uh, you called someone a bitch again or something. No, I, I was never called a bitch. I was called a cunt. Is what happened. Ah, ah okay. Um, which I all was. Made up, to be all fair. made up for Christmas, though. Yeah, you think so? All you mates. would think so. <laughs> anyway, anyway, sounds uh, fun. Sounds fun. It was re- the the party was really fun. There was about 11, 12 of us on, and there was a really really cool quiz. Um, one of our friends, Marcus. He has a mate who makes these like quizzes on PowerPoint, basically like professional level quizzes. It was like a Daft okay. Punk themed quiz, mm. and it was amazing. It was very very good. And who won that quiz? Oh, <laughs> was your boy at the Paul Griffin wow. CSP? Wow, I mean, we do quizzes every week. We do them every week, so you're, you're experienced. <laughs> they didn't have a well, that's, yeah, exactly, excellent. Yeah, there was a uh, geography quiz, which I, I'm. I consider myself very good at geography. Uh, it was like famous landmarks, but they had uh, digitally removed the landmark. So you just had the the area where the landmark is without the landmark. Um, Shades like, of your geo-guesser days, eh? Yeah, yeah. One was the Golden Gate Bridge. But you can imagine, without the bridge there, it just looks like a completely <laughs> nondescript yeah. bay. Like, um, so that was really cool. Then there was like a music round where it was like songs you would know, but played on weird instruments. Mm. So you would have to identify the song, the artist, and the instrument. So, like, for example, you know the way you see videos with, like, hard drives playing a song or a lad playing a song on, like, a pumpkin or something. It was that kind of stuff. So it was really, really fun. Really, really cool. Enjoyed that a lot. Um, There was, again, no Manchester United football, Joe. Uh, Second game week in a row. Not sure whether to be relieved or annoyed, to be honest. Um... Much. <laughs> Depends on how the results would have been. Um, uh, I, I did watch. I watched the Liverpool Tottenham game today. That was a very entertaining game. Mm, yeah. Um, red card for Robertson. Kane, I think, should have got a red card as well. Was very lucky to not get a red card. Mm. Uh, the goals were all very good. Tottenham could have been five 0 up at one point. Tottenham had so many chances. They Deli Ali kept missing them. Um, but that game was very good. Didn't get a chance to watch the City game or the Chelsea game as I was clanging and banging at the old gymnasium. Um, um, so not much to say on the football side, but never mind the footy, lads, because there's a new sport in town. Yes, the darts are back. Yes, I watched the darts this week. Oh, the darts are back. The, the, the true sport of kings. Uh, Barry, what bit of darts did you see? Uh, I watched whatever darts was on... Thursday night, um, I watched the Irish fella uh, go down to the wire with the Yank, and then he eventually won. It was great, amazing scenes. WrestleMania, yeah, WrestleMania yeah. Uh, <laughs> drama and, and stakes and all that other stuff. I uh, don't know what happened after that. I've born a couple of English fellas to play in the I, <laughs> I just lost interest, but it was good. It was good, you know. Yeah, it's, it's funny because the, um, the darts at the moment, because it's still in the early rounds, has a very... Mm-hmm. 
AEW dark elevation feel to it. <laughs> okay. It's it's all lads you've never heard of. And then in the main event, there's like Moxley. <laughs> He's right. like, okay. I see, I see how this works. So yeah, we had we had a, a crazy match where um some twenty-five year twelve year uh oh, fuck, take a shot. Some twenty-five year old uh English fella making his debut in the competition. Uh it went to the last leg. It was two sets apiece, two legs apiece. So it was like, right, whoever gets the next one wins. And he hit a nine darter and one. Um, which I've never seen before. Like a nine darter is um is akin to, you know, in snooker when they get a, a 147 break, where it's like, it's literally the best game of darts you can do. Like, nine darts is the fewest darts you can throw to yeah. get from 501 to zero. And he did it to win the... Like, I've, like they're rare enough that if you if you hit a, a nine darter, it's like in the hole in one in golf in that they will like, give you right. a, a bonus, a, a money <laughs> bonus for doing it. I've never seen someone do it to win the game. <laughs> like, never mind... Uh, hit one at all like i think last year's championships didn't have any nine darters we've, we've had two this year already on consecutive days but i've never seen one to win a game it's, it, it would be like someone hitting a hole in one on the last mm. hole of the golf course when mm. they were drawing with the next person they just stand up and hit it straight into the hole <laughs> like what <laughs> so that was really really cool um we've had some of the big names van gerwen has played already he had a shaky enough uh win um, Peter Lim unfortunately lost his game, or Paul, Paul oh, Lim. Let me, let me... Uh, yeah, he's sixty-seven years old and still in the 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 PDC World Championships. He's the the ironically, since we we're just talking about nine darters, he's the the man who who hit the first ever televised nine darter, like wow, thirty mm. forty years ago. The Tony Hawk of the darts game, exactly. He's still around. Um, but yeah, it's been pretty fun. I, I enjoy an evening sitting down in front of the darts. Um, just to change it up. Like, I don't have... It's kind of like, uh, whether it's what, like cricket or, you know, when, when Ireland are in the World Cup, suddenly every Irish person loves cricket. Um, same with me. Like, I don't give a shit about darts all year long. But when it's the Christmas darts, it's almost like a part of Christmas now. Is Oh, the darts championship is on. We love a bit of darts. Um, so that's basically all the life for me. Joe, I'll hand it over to you. Uh, life uh, Friday we um, did our annual tradition of getting the bus down Oxford Street in London which is the main shopping street in London where they mm-hmm. have all the Christmas lights and everything so we get the bus from one end of the street all the way to the other so we can see the lights which were quite nice this year but a bit repetitive it was literally just the same set of lights all oh. the way down the street. Okay. there was no like variation they looked nice but it was like okay lads mix it up a little bit um, but that was good and then we went to uh, a Christmas market. Uh, the same one we went to last year, which is behind um, Selfridges department store in London, which is probably the biggest, most kind of well-known department store. Um, as, as Selfridges is a wonderful, a wonderful store. It's very kind of, uh, I guess, upmarket. Lots of like cool stuff they have in there. Um, their Christmas market is absolutely shit, though. Um, <laughs> they, it's literally in. They have a street behind the store, which is basically the street for like deliveries and a car park <laughs> it's nothing there it's just a very random kind of street and they turn it into a christmas market uh, and last year wasn't too bad they had like a lot, a lot of those kind of like little wooden huts with you know, gifts and, you know yeah tit tat you know yeah, fucking, all, the, yeah. all the expensive tat and then they had like loads of street food and uh they've got like a helter skelter type thing for the kids and yeah a few other bits and pieces 
Um, and we went last year, and the problem was last year it was during COVID restrictions, so right. you couldn't actually stay in the market. You had to buy your food and then leave, which meant last year we ended up eating our uh, Venezuelan uh, arepa uh, in a shop doorway uh, opposite the market, um, which was yeah fun, you know. But we decided to go back. We like we quite enjoyed it in spite of that. So we thought, oh, we go back this year. And we'd seen a review in the newspaper of someone absolutely <laughs> shitting all over this market, saying it was the worst thing she'd ever been to. <laughs> Couldn't believe how shit it was. And we were like, well, yeah, we kind of know it was shit because we went last year and it wasn't that good. But sod it. We wanted to go again anyway. Um, so we got there. You had to book like a – it was a free ticket to get in, but you had to book like, oh, you know, you get two-hour slot, six till eight, seven till nine or whatever. So we booked a couple of tickets for six till eight. Got there about 6.30, trying to figure out, okay, so which end of the street do we go in from? Is there a big queue? Is there security? Got there, couldn't see any entrance at all because I think they'd just given up on um, trying to, because there was no one there. So they just given up on like checking tickets or trying to like organize like the entry or anything. It was just like, yeah, this this guy in a fluorescent jacket just sort of saw us looking around and just sort of waved us, went, yeah, come on, in you come, don't worry about it, just down the street. Um, so we went in and yeah, it was a lot worse than last year. There was no 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 huts with tat in them. Um, there was about 10 street food vans, four of which were closed. Uh, uh, this is on a Friday, the Friday before Christmas. Um, I don't know if that was COVID related or just yeah. lack of business, but yeah, they hadn't opened. So we just got, we got some food, we edit and we're out of there in about 20 minutes. So it was, it was fine. It was fine. And we went to Selfridges, had a good wander around, looked at all the gizmos and gadgets they've got in there and um yeah i had a nice walk home so it was a, good, it was a nice evening in the end um but we were we were expecting a shit market so we weren't disappointed we got <laughs> we got what we expected so it was fine uh yeah so that was good and then saturday morning we we got up early and traveled over to the o2 arena in london to go to the cinema um where we saw a, a film that we will discuss uh, in a future episode um called spider-man um which was very good, except the train was delayed and the tube was on strike and we got there. It was supposed to start at 12. We got to the cinema at quarter past 12, right? So we're, we're trying to like, I want to get in. I know the trailers are probably 20, 25 minutes, right? So, you know, we're not, we're not going to miss the film, but it's like, we've got to get our popcorn. We've got to get our drinks. We've got to find the screen. Um, so, yeah. yeah, we did just about make it. We, we got in during the final trailer, which was the... Uh, Ah, uh, what's it called? Morbius, Morpheus, <laughs> yeah, Mondeo, oh, yeah. Mon- whatever it's called, with with Mister Leto. Um, so that was good. And then, yeah, I was talking about the film, but it was a very enjoyable experience. Apart from, again, the cinema experience being ruined by the presence of other people in the cinema. <laughs> other than that, it was great. Um, we were in, we're, obviously, we booked with COVID, with Omicron surging in London and, and everywhere else. It seems. We picked some seats that weren't, you know, near a lot of other people. Um, tried not to, you know, get too close. It was a very big cinema. It's like one of their biggest screens and it's a you know, mm. massive cinema. So lots of space to spread out. Um, so we picked some seats. The row we were on, there was one guy right at the end. And then there was a couple of people in the row ahead of us and a couple behind, but not many people in there. So we're in there. Great. We're waiting for it to start. It's about to start. This couple come in. They come down our row. And they sit in the seats literally yeah. next to us. No, he didn't even leave a little fucking gap in between. <laughs> it's a 20 of 25 seat row with one guy at one end, 
us in the middle, and then them next to us. Why would you? First of all, why did they pick the tickets that were right next to us? I don't know. Maybe they just didn't think about it. They just got whatever tickets. I don't know. Maybe they don't pick them. But secondly, when you get there and you see someone sat right next to those seats, wouldn't you move along a couple? Mm. You know what I mean, like, don't don't go and sit right next. It's like using the urinal next to a, the only person who's <laughs> in the loo having a piss. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah which we all agree is, is crazy behavior. Be well, maybe they weird. sat there because they wanted to have a look at your... A little, but I did have it out, but that's <laughs> Tom Holland's in a And the other point. thing is, they then got out sandwiches from Pret a Manger and started. Oh, was. Oh, my God. She's sitting you... there with a mask off, nibbling on a baguette. Oh, bringing outside food into the cinema. And by outside food, I don't mean sneaking in M&Ms. Do that. That's fine. Don't pay the extortionist people. Bringing in hot food and sandwiches and shit. I saw a TikTok once and it it caught my eye because it was was in my local shopping center slash cinema complex like you know one of those big ones where so and it was like oh here's our here's the thing we do me and my boyfriend we go we get our kfc and then we oh, into our jackets God. i'm like you are a criminal i'm going to call the guards on you for that <laughs> sit next to some cunt eating kfc of all things <laughs> while i'm trying to watch my spider-man shut up oh my god <laughs> these oh, people man. were prepared and getting their asses beat that's it if someone sat down next to me, I would be given like, "Do you want to try that again, mate?" <laughs> oh Lord, Lord, yes. Lord, Lord! I will say, it's Paul's story time of the week. Oh, I God. did once smuggle uh, three bags of Supermax chips into a cinema oh, God. in Port Leash oh. when, when we were seeing uh, Legally Blonde Two. <laughs> Oh, that sounds like the worst day uh, in the in the history of humanity. You're in Port Leash eating <laughs> lukewarm Supermax chips, watching Legally Blonde Two. <laughs> I know there's no aspect of that story that is good. <laughs> God damn! God damn! Yeah. So that was that was the cinema experience. There were also some very young children in there, like toddlers making yeah. a lot of noise and i'm like why why are you bringing a two-year-old to a movie about a spider man and goblins and magicians they don't know what's going on yeah they yeah. would have seen the previous films they won't they be able to follow the story Toby yeah. by spider-man you know what I mean? yeah. or, or any of the others like uh oh, just on. leaning over to the little child being this isn't for you i hope they get out you little shit how will they understand the story if they haven't seen the previous 24 mcu films oh, I know. yeah we'll talk we'll talk about it so yeah as joe alluded to there we're gonna paul hasn't seen this yet so we're gonna what we're gonna do is later this week we are going to have a little dedicated spoiler cast where we can talk about it We'll give our thoughts, and then we can do our big old fucking spoiler talk. We can talk about our cinema-going experiences, because I also had some interesting uh, occurrences. Um, but we'll get into all of that. That'll be hitting your feeds uh, in a few weeks. And that also gives you all a few extra days to go and see it if you haven't. And you're going to be one of these people who's like, oh, my God, don't spoil it for me. I felt bad for it. I made a mind. Uh, they, for those of you not keeping up, the current situation in Ireland is they have now applied an 8 p.m. curfew here oh, right, for COVID measures. And that includes the cinema. Right, uh, and and that and that's like oh, because we were we were uh, speaking to someone. I was speaking to a friend of mine who works there. That means like closed at eight o'clock. Not even you can start your last film. It means like you have to start your last film at five. Uh, and so a buddy of mine hasn't seen Spider Man. Super excited about it. And he was going to see it tonight. 
and he was very stressed because he was he tickets booked for eight. But it's it's midnight tonight. It goes into effect, so he he got to see it thankfully. But that effectively, I mean, for me, you know, when when you fact because like me and my girlfriend go to the cinema all the fucking time, mm-hmm. um, and so now that's still the end of January. So it's like okay, so the most depressing month of the year is now also going to be like no cinema trip month. Um, unless, unless I want to go at 12 o'clock on a Saturday afternoon we're both off work and sit amongst the little Fanta sticky-fingered freaks. You know. <laughs> oh, this fucking Fanta thing again. Yeah. <laughs> Fanta is great. Um, I will say, we're going to see Spider-Man tomorrow, yeah. Monday, 11.30 in the morning, so there's fucking no one else. There'll be no one there. That's probably, that's probably going to be the best experience you've had in the cinema all your life. Um, the kids aren't out of school yet. Fuck them. <laughs> yeah. No, great stuff. Great stuff. Uh, so we will uh, we will chat about that. But yeah, that was uh, anything else there on the life golf Joe, before we... Uh, yeah, uh, no, that's, that's it. Just into... I'm still at work for next week, unfortunately, but I've, oh. I have begun the eating. I've already put on a Lovely. half a stone. Just fine. Keep oh, going. Man. Keep going. Yeah. Lest ye be judged, we're all we're all bellied men on this podcast. Big belly man. That he is without belly cast the first bread roll, you know, <laughs> into the mouth of his into the mouth of his compatriots, you know. <laughs> um. Anyway, we will uh, move on there to the telly guff. I've not really got any telly this week myself. After it was abruptly removed from all four, I did notice that uh, Malcolm in the Middle went on Disney Plus this week. So uh, uh, as as we often do with the Simpsons, we kind of started that back over again. Because uh, obviously, still great, um, and it's now on. Uh, I was about to say a much better service. I don't know. If the, I wouldn't say it's much better, but a service without ads at the very least. Yes. Um, uh, so yeah, uh, but yeah, no telly for me. So what? Are, what are you lads been watching this week? Uh, I got a few shows. Um, so we we finished our um, traditional annual Gilmore Girls uh, rewind. Mm. Um, so yeah, very enjoyable. Um, I have to say, as much as I moan about probably the last two seasons, season six and seven, I think the last five or six episodes, they finished really strongly. And I still always really enjoy those, uh, yeah. that last stretch of episodes. Um, so, yeah, good good watch overall. Um, look forward to watching it again next year. And probably... I, I watched another episode of Gilmore Girls as well. Wait, you still on season two? Yeah, we watched episode three of season two. Okay. The one where... Spoilers for season two of Gilmore Girls come up here, folks. Willem Dafoe shows up. They're getting ready for Lorelai's wedding with Max Medina. Oh. And Suki is, oh, we're going to give the cake. We're going to do this. They're putting all the thing. Luke yeah. makes the little Jewish altar thing. They're yeah. not even Jewish. This, oh, yeah. that's weird. Uh, but then at the very last second, oh, she starts freaking out. We need to go on a road trip. Oh, we need to go away. I don't want to get married. Um, the yeah. ultimate case of cold feet, Lorelai. Uh, but I thought it was really, really, really well written the way they did it because she has like her. They don't really do a head party. She's like a goes to a, a drag club, but they're not like fucking strippers sucking their cocks or anything. It's very <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's what happens usually. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the head parties that I've seen on the internet always always sucking a cock for some reason. Um, <laughs> but their mother is there. She got invited by yeah. the, the the French fella. Um, Michelle, oh, I'm always so miserable. What the hell? I'm a caricature. Anyway, she's there and she talks about her wedding and that she was so excited the weeks building up to it. She like when the parents would go to bed, I would sneak up and put the wedding dress on and look at myself in the mirror. And then I love that when Lorelai was having the freak out, she explained it away as um, not like I don't want to get married. I don't love the guy there, but that she, she didn't want to put her wedding dress on, meaning she wasn't excited in the yeah. way that her mother was. Right. 
Um, I thought that was super, super well written. Very good episode. So I haven't, I haven't found out yet the fallout of that. Her and Rory hopped in the car. They drove away. Does that mean it's over? Is, is she never going to marry Max? Mm. Who, who can say? Oh. Um, hopefully Ooh. we'll find out in the next couple of episodes. I, I was I was really shocked that such a a bombshell came so early in the season. I almost expected that to be like a yeah a mid season finale or, or or even a season finale. But I I thought the whole season was going to build to the wedding, so I was I was shocked how quickly yeah. it progressed because I think the um the proposal only happened in the season one finale. So for three episodes in, it's it's already like the day before the wedding. They, they do move pretty quickly on Gilmore, and yeah, do kind of buck typical so yeah like most shows would drag that out for an entire season oh yeah. the wedding the planning the boo 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 but yeah they do uh they do throw that, some throw some rocks at you that was very good very very good good stuff um yeah school my girl's done um also done is a little show you might have heard of if you've ever read an article on the internet it's succession um, <laughs> which finished uh last last week and so the final episode was absolutely fantastic one of the best one of the best they've done it was like game of thrones level like one of the great great game of thrones episodes that's what i'd compare it to where you're just what you're just like watching like on the edge of your seat like oh my god i can't believe this what's gonna happen this is oh my god what's what are they gonna do and just really kind of tense and really a lot of the uh kind of chickens coming home to roost from previous seasons um so really 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 good it's just one of those where your heart's pounding because you're just so into it you're like oh my god what's gonna happen um it's a big 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 uh thumbs up for the, the finale of succession um recommend that i know you guys need to jump on the train yeah i'm progress yeah i'm 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 on the season one finale and as i've said i got my dad's season two dvd for christmas of course so he keeps saying to me like we're gonna watch succession soon i'm like well (laughs) i want to i want to watch it but i also want to stretch it out long enough to christmas that you're not gonna ask me to like yeah download season two or buy it yourself in the intro (laughs) so i'm trying to artificially i'll probably finish season one maybe tomorrow tuesday ish mm-hmm. and then mm-hmm. christmas when he opens up season two he'll be like oh what a surprise we can go straight in season two and i'm like hey it's so mad how it worked out mad yeah yes yeah, a very 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 good show and then we also started another show called dope sick uh, on disney mm. plus yeah uh, which is all about the opioid uh crisis the oxycontin which i've always called oxycontin uh that's not how you pronounce it it's a bit of a- I, 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 everyone i know who says it pronounced it that way yeah, I thought it was maybe a sort of debiosity uh, situation, mm. but I think, <laughs> I think a lot of people call it oxycotton, but there's an N in the middle there. Um, yeah, so really good. And it's actually, weirdly, the show was created by a character or an actor who was in Gilmore Girls. Uh, you won't have seen him yet, Paul, but he comes in oh, later okay. seasons. But yeah, a guy who kind of went on to, to focus on script writing and he created this series, which tells the story of how Oxycontin was created, how it spread through... Uh, America, particularly on the Midwest, the mining towns, the tactics they use to kind of convince doctors to uh, to, to to prescribe it to, to patients. So we're kind of, I think we're four episodes in, probably about halfway through, and it's it's really really good. Uh, Michael Keaton's in it, and I'll watch anything with Michael Keaton in. Yeah, so and this is good. So uh, you know, big man, the big lad. Um, yeah, so it's really it's really really good, really kind of compelling. Kind of mixes, you know, the the factual. The actual kind of facts of it. So a little bit like a, almost like one of those documentaries where they kind of act out parts, you know what I mean? But not shit. 
<laughs> like actually good, <laughs> but they act out the kind of facts. But uh, yeah, with with some compelling kind of um, character stuff sort of added on top as well, which is is good. So yeah, kind of really, really, really enjoying that. And it's it's mad, obviously, as well. Like obviously for us, you know, coming from countries that have you know universal healthcare or like right. a healthcare system, yeah. seeing how it works in America where you know the salespeople are are going to see doctors like every day every week and kind of pushing these drugs and and saying oh and the doctors are kind of taking advice from what is essentially like a sales rep and i'm just sitting there thinking like what (laughs) trying to imagine like my gp like dealing with salespeople and say oh yeah i'm just prescribing this drug and i'm like it's just like a different universe like it's really hard to get your head around i think if you're used to such a different kind of healthcare system you can't um, even comprehend where it, yeah. yeah where medicine isn't like a product it's not a brand like i don't know like they they give you the medicine you take it you know what i mean like i don't know what medication the doctor's given me he just tells me to take it i'll take it um so yeah it's really really kind of fascinating and a bit, a bit grim as well but yeah really good show so uh, yeah good good tv this week um, just a quick note there. I'm going to give it, give the audience a little tease of the type of banging content coming their way in the Spider-Man spoiler cast. Um, we came out of Spider-Man, me and my pals. You just reminded me there, Joe, uh, with when you referenced Michael Keaton. We were talking about, um, you know, what comes next in all these fucking comic book movies. And we all shared a good laugh. It was like fucking Morbius, you know, who could possibly give a, a shit? <laughs> but, and a buddy of mine goes, oh, but you know what? It's just so weird is that, you know, like, I, cause I don't know what universe this movie's in. Because, like, you know, uh, fucking Vulture's in it. I was like, what? Yeah, Vulture's in it. Yeah, yeah. I was like, no, no. The actor Michael Keaton is in it. He, playing another character. It is not Michael Keaton as the Vulture. It's like, he, he's allowed to, like, he's not the MCU's Michael Keaton. He's just in this movie playing an unrelated character, I'm fairly sure. I think uh, you're wrong, Barry. I think I'm correct. No, I think mm. you're wrong. I'm gonna, I'm gonna Google it. I'm gonna Google because it right I now. I say wow. this because the Spider-Man MCU films are not Marvel Studios; they are Sony films. Yes, uh, but they are because of the weird deal between Sony and Marvel. How, so, what, how much should we bet, Barry? Should we have a little bet before? All right, all right. <laughs> <laughs> Whenever we have it, this is gonna be another burger bet where it's gonna be a year before we ever <laughs> actually do it. I will bet the both of you, right? The both of you. Um, uh, the cost of one drink whenever we uh, shall meet again. Uh, all right, I, I, on me if okay. If, I, if, I'll right. go for it. I'll go for uh, it. A, a, a coke or a, or a beer or whatever it is. I'm going to Google it right now. And Michael and Joe will buy Barry a beer on the other side. Character <laughs> name Morbius. Adrian Toomes. Okay, I was wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so the reason I was saying this is because the the MCU in order the Spider Man <laughs> films are, are Sony Pictures produced. Yes, I know. Morbius. So why would they have him in the same universe with a different? But character? they're they're Sony Pictures produced. But uh, ve- oh, let's not even get it. We'll talk about. We'll, we'll, we'll get it. We'll because uh, I don't want to get into to particulars of who is in yeah. what and what what does or doesn't happen. No, I just know that the ever since Homecoming, it's been a whole thing where like. Uh, Marvel Studios, they're like, or Disney, they're getting like no money for those films. Only yeah. that they could put Spider Man in their like Avengers films. That was yeah. their little bit. Um, Sony are getting all the money for those for those yeah. MCU films. Yeah, um, so I was reading about this. I was reading the the IMDb trivia for No Way Home yesterday, and they go. I didn't because I didn't realize it was to, <laughs> it was to that extent. Because essentially, yeah. it is basically. I kind of think of these last three Spider Man movies as like. MCU movies, but they're not at all. 
they're Sony movies with like an MCU characters kind of on loan, basically. Yeah. It's yeah. Kind of worked out. Well, do you remember there was recently there was the renegotiation where yes. there was word that they weren't going to do more. Like Sony absolutely had them by the balls. balls yeah, absolutely. Like Sony had all the leverage. Yeah. Um, and what's funny is those, those Tom Holland movies aren't on Disney Plus, also, which is another key thing. Yeah, you know, but it's it's yeah. absolutely a, like it's a mutually beneficial relationship, obviously, because. There's no better marketing from a Sony point of view than for it to be considered part of the MCU. Yeah. Everyone would go see it. Like, especially when you consider the the Garfield Spider-Man movies were relatively unsuccessful in comparison. Yes, in comparison um, to the other ones, yeah. And obviously for for Marvel to have the Spider-Man character in their universe and to then use him in Avengers, etc., as part of the deal is is it's, it's obviously the deal was gonna happen mm. that time where like it, it apparently was not gonna happen. And Tom Holland was like, please sir, make a deal. And then they did in the end. So Alright, I'll have to I'll have to next time I see him, I'll have to concede I was wrong to my my friends. Like, <laughs> I, because when I saw Michael Keaton in that trailer, I was like, oh yeah, well whatever. He's just being he's just doing another thing. Yeah. Oh well, there you go. Every day's a school day. Um, Do you think he was playing uh, Batman? Like he's going to play? <laughs> well, yeah. I was like, you fool. What what, what films have you been watching? Morbius, the unofficial um, bird, uh, Birdman sequel. Michael Keaton in the Flash movie. He's not playing Batman. He's playing Batman. <laughs> fuck off. <laughs> fuck off. <laughs> uh, anyway, any 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 more telly before we 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 jump? Yeah, over? I I I've been watching Master Chef: The Professionals, which had its finale this week. Uh, mm. And was at a nice, unexpected finish, because um, there was three finalists, and there were like the two guys who threw out have been the best two, and the one guy who was in the final by virtue of the week he would have a pretty good week. Other chefs who were better chefs would have their one bad week, and he would kind of stay in, and they would get eliminated by virtue of that. He ended up winning it. Um. So it would be kind of like if uh, if they gave, you know, they were doing like a wrestler of the year, but rather than it just being a list, it was like a week on week where they would eliminate one person like you see on Reddit sometimes. And then by the end, Frankie Kazarian gets wrestler of the year. You're like, oh. Yeah. It was, it, was, it was a nice surprise, I will say that. And the guy, the, the chef himself was actually really nice. So it was happy for him to win. But we had no expectations that he was going to win. It was going to be one of the two guys. And then you have the third guy. But like, the third guy's not going to win. And then he won. And I was like, ah, because he had like a really good day on the last day. You know, these competitions, they only you're only as good as your last uh, cooked meal. So he he won. And that was that was nice. But um, as much as I enjoy MasterChef three hours a week it, uh, in the evenings, it really takes a lot of my uh, my time that could be otherwise spent watching films and playing video games. So I'm as much as I enjoy, I'm kind of happy it's over now for the year. I, I don't watch normal MasterChef. I only watch the professionals one. Hmm. So I won't be watching. It's like the darts. It comes but one a year, and I will not be watching it again until then. <laughs> Fair enough. Okay, let's do some mm, film guff. Let's talk about the films. Who has seen a film this week? Uh, I'll start off quickly because I've only seen the one. Again, is it TV? Is it a film? Who knows? I'm 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 actually having watched it now, starting to lean towards it just being a very long film. Uh, and that's Get Back, the Peter Jackson Beatles documentary. Um, I finished watching it. I finished watching it. I watched part three. Uh, the best part. The best part. And and now having seen it all, I think it's I think it's really really good and definitely worth a watch. Could it be shorter? 
absolutely. <laughs> but absolutely, but uh in in a sense it's its length is is one of its strong points. Um because by the by the payoff you feel like you've you've fully been there for the journey with them. The payoff being obviously the famous slash infamous rooftop concert on Savile Row, mm. uh, which is shown in its entirety with uh split screen, the little police officers come into the door, knock, knock, knock. <laughs> you, boy, you boys a bit a bit a bit loud up there, governor. Da, 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 da. And it's so funny because <laughs> It's it's in a sense it reminded me of um, Peter Jackson's previous documentary, um, "They Shall Not Grow Old," in which you saw the people going to war were like 15, 16 year olds. Like you don't you don't fully appreciate that until you see it, you know? Yeah, um, like like children going to war. Here you have the Beatles um, on on day twenty one, I think it is, of the entirety of this recording session. Uh, which takes place over three weeks. Day 21, they finally go up to the roof. So they go up, they play their seven or eight songs, however many it was. And you see the, the people start to congregate on the street and they're interviewing people. Uh, and so it's like, do you, do you know who's playing up there? It's the Beatles. And, and he's like, well, do, do you like the Beatles? Oh, I love the Beatles. Right. And then you have the other kind of person who's like, they're disrupt- disrupting my business with their hippie tunes. So it's like there's only two kinds of people on that street at that time. The people who love the Beatles um, and the people who are, are, are the grumpy old curmudgeons. There's one woman in particular who's so funny. They're like, you know, do you, do you, do you like this this music being played live here? Uh, no, they woke me up from our sleep and I don't like it. <laughs> so great. Fair point. Fair point. <laughs> yeah, but this was at like were they all characters from Monty Python? It uh, <laughs> was the Monty Python Street, was it? I think. Yeah, Terry Jones in a wig, <laughs> and uh, I think Terry Jones in, in Monty Python. I think I saw him more more times as a woman than as a man. Funny <laughs> enough, he always seems to be in drag for some reason. But anyway, the concert is excellent. Uh, I, I I was watching it. David Lynch would be disappointed. I was watching it on my tablet, right? But the reason I was watching on my tablet is because I was also watching on my very big, expensive noise cancelling headphones. Ooh, okay, excellent, excellent sound quality. Because I wanted to hear that concert, and it's like I wanted to hear every level of that concert. Excellent. But what's, what's also great about the concert is there's like a ticking time bomb aspect to it, as the police knock on the door, and the receptionist is like, "Oh, I don't really know what to do it up there," and they're like lying to these police to try and delay them as much as possible. Uh, before the police eventually get fed up, they're like, "Let us up there, <laughs> stop this concert, stop they, this now." Like, yeah, the police are like, "Oh, the, the, we've had thirty complaints in the last thirty minutes. This is ridiculous." And the, my point to the kids going to war is: these two police officers are like fifteen years old. <laughs> the two <laughs> police officers tasked with stopping the Beatles, the biggest band in the world at that point, um, literally looking like fifteen-year-olds. Um. But but the reception is like, oh, I'll get the I'll get the manager down to have a chat with you, and he's coming down and he's fumbling around and oh I don't know I don't know oh, I'll go up and have a word da, da, da. like the Be- the Beatles play for almost thirty five minutes uninterrupted while the police are downstairs being uh, stalled and being you know another police officer shows up the commissioner shows up <laughs> and 
it's funny because it, it's it's an excellent concert and it's like watching it in pristine cleaned up high definition is is just wonderful but also you have like tension underneath it of oh people are coming to stop the concert oh, how far will they get before they get stopped and then there's a great moment where the police officers finally make it to the top of the uh the donkey kong arcade level and um they force the stage manager or the beatles manager whoever he is he turns off john's amp right and john's playing and he goes oh suddenly i can't hear myself he turns around to look and your man the manager's like well they're making me turn it off sorry and he turns off george harrison's amp as well quick as a flash george harrison turns it back on like don't you be fucking touching my head <laughs> i don't care if the police are there he just he turns it off harrison whips around turns it back on starts playing and then the manager goes sorry please and turns john lennon's back on and it seems like they had uh some agreement where they're like all right the beatles will play this one last song and then we'll finish up because then they finish up they finish recording the rest of the album which plays over the end credits and uh yeah i mean as much as part two because I think part one is, I, I've talked about it before, part one I really loved because you, you're getting the kind of story of how they all come together. George leaves the band and there's like mm-hmm. interband conflicts. Part two is just kind of a very long, here's what happened in the middle week where there wasn't a huge amount of animosity. There's some fun bits where they like come up with the songs and that. But part three, far and away the best, really, really elevated the other two parts for me to the point where I, I thought the whole thing was like a, I haven't rated on Letterboxd or anything, but like a 9 out of 10 for me. Like, really, really, really enjoyable. Um, And now I'm going to see a a new film tomorrow morning, as we've said, and I might even watch Encanto uh, tonight, if time permits. Okay. But otherwise, I have no more films to talk about for now. Okay. How about you, Joe? What have you seen other than Spider-Man? I got a couple. watched last night um, a movie that I've... Heard about for a long time, but never seen Des- Desperately Seeking Susan, uh, which is was Madonna's kind of film debut back in 1985. Um, so it starts her and Rosanna Arquette. Um, Ar- Arquette plays kind of bored housewife who gets intrigued by this mysterious stranger played by uh, Madonna. And it, not too much to say about it. It's quite a fun film. It's like a funny little caper of mixed, you know, mixed identities and diamond themes and stuff and it's uh i wasn't really sure what to expect because i'd heard of the movie but i had no idea what it was about but uh, yeah it was it was all right it was fun um not not too much to add to it um and then a film we just watched uh, before coming on air to do the show um the last jewel ridley scott film which i had i don't think i've heard anything about it whatsoever like this one snuck out somehow um i think a few months ago i had heard nothing about it i heard a lot about house of gucci but i didn't realize he you know he also had this coming out um but it's a period piece set in the kind of middle ages in i want to say france probably i think it's french isn't it yeah. i think it's normandy they're norm but they're all they all speak in english accents so it's a bit confusing right. lovely yeah um so i'm like ah they're french though probably um so yeah it starts it's uh, it's about kind of some knights and some uh, you know blue, blue <laughs> yeah you know that's that, that old stuff yeah knights, knights and all that lords and knights and lieges and stores and that thine oh thy lord i pledge thy blah 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 <laughs> um, terry so, jones in it is he yeah 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 uh the weird thing is the casting because i what i didn't realize was has both matt damon and ben affleck in it yeah, and I was like, "Hang on, 
hang on, you got the Damon, you got the Affleck. Is this a kind of Goodwill Hunting reunion? We got one right. Uh, turns out it wasn't. Um, but yeah, just a weird cast. I can't like take Ben Affleck seriously in anything now. To me, he's just a meme. He's just the guy who has Dunkin' Donuts and packages. <laughs> it looks sad while he's smoking a bag. Yeah. Like, I can't, like you actually cast him in a real movie to act. Like what, what are you thinking? What are you doing, Ridley? Um, yeah, and Matt, <laughs> Matt Damon's also kind of strangely cast as well in terms of the character he plays. Very kind of different from the usual Matt Damon. Uh, uh, kind of role. Uh, Adam Driver is in it as well, and he's very good. I mean, he's he's in his you know real kind of rich vein of form these these uh, last few years, so he was good. Um, but yeah, it was quite overall. Actually, it wasn't a bad film. I think by the time we got to the end, it's quite a lot. Two and a half hours. It's not a, not a short one, but it was just quite boring to start with. The characters uh, just didn't grab me at all. It was just you know lots of boring dialogue not particularly interesting characters. So I was kind of like, oh, this is going to be a bit of a slog. Um, and we, yeah, we, by the time we got to the end of it, I was like, okay, it was fine. Probably a seven out of 10 movie. Like it had a kind of an interesting story to it. Bit of a Rashomon uh, feel to it. I won't give away all the spoilers Ooh. to it, but um, nice. in terms of the, the, the structure. Um, but yeah, I think the best bit was when uh, Michelle called me back in because I was in the kitchen making the dinner. And she called me and said, <laughs> oh, you just... You just miss a horse with a massive erection. Um, so re- rewound it back, and it, yeah, she was not lying. At one point, a horse runs in, and it's—I tell you what—this horse's cock was massive. It was about three, three foot long, um, and that was probably the most exciting part of the movie. I think if he'd put a bit more of that at the beginning, that would have got my attention a bit more. Um, if, but apart from that, yeah, I don't remember too much about it. But, you know, if, if you're in the mood for that sort of thing, check it out. Yeah, I, I've been meaning to watch. It was one of those ones that, that yeah, it was a weird thing where it was kind of Ridley Scott kind of overshadowed himself in a weird way. Because yeah. House of Gucci was a bit more sexy and had Lady yeah. Gaga in it and she's going yeah. for it again. And also it fucking sucks, by the way. Um, <laughs> and then I don't think anyone wanted to see a, a, a three hour mind blade will find thine throats, Ben Affleck. You know, I don't think anyone wanted to see that. <laughs> it was also one of those weird ones where, like Free Guy, it was still in the cinemas when they put it on Disney. Yeah, uh, it's very hard to say. Oh, I popped out of the cinema. Whereas now it's a thing that people are just sticking on and making the dinner, as it turns out. Um, yeah, uh, Ben Affleck. <laughs> think about it, Ben Affleck wasn't that bad. He kind of plays like a real douchebag, and I think he's yeah. quite good at that. It's like this one role that he's really good at. So yeah, it wasn't it wasn't bad. But I think I think this was a film that really it did really bad at the box office. It got like. I think it took 30 million and it was a hundred million dollars. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I think he blamed it on millennials and attention spans and everyone looking at their phones. I'm like, yes. Oh yeah. But to be honest, it was really boring. So that's why. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, I didn't look at my phone during the green night cause that was yeah. actually quite good. So maybe if you make a film like that, that's actually, you know, interesting. Yeah. Like, Spider-Man. Uh, I, did, I, I, did, I did not. I didn't. I, I, I had to hold in piss during all of Spider-Man. I, I didn't want to miss anything. So look at my phone during Spider-Man. Ridley. Uh, Ridley, mate. So, Ridley, mate. See, what, I mean, you say you're a real uh, filmmaker, mate. Uh, a legendary director that we all know and love, John Watts. Maybe you should sit under his learning tree <laughs> um, and do some of his patented techniques, such as um, having Spider-Man in your movie. I think yeah. is, is yeah. that's a real that's a hallmark of his style that I absolutely yeah. love. Um, and songs people know. Songs people know. Songs people know. Absolutely. Yeah. You know. Hey. Oh. Let's go. That's a good one. That's a good one. Ben Affleck comes in with his sword. That. Hey. Oh. Oh, Let's go. go. 
so that's free advice, mate, if you are listening. Um, just enjoy that. <laughs> um, Take on the Fortnite model. Ben Affleck, he's not Spider-Man, he just has the webs anyway. <laughs> oh, yeah, and why, 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 why aren't the last duo guys in Fortnite as well? You missed that opportunity. <laughs> merchandising, baby. Yeah, come on now. When is the Ben Affleck Funko Pop coming out, you know? Anyway. <laughs> um, yeah, I want. I do want to see the last duo, but it's one of those ones where it's like, yeah, when, I have to be in the mood to sit down and watch the big fucking three-hour epic um, and not look at my phone. Um, yeah. So uh, I went to cinema this week. I once again returned to the, th- the theater to see a little uh, screening of the uh, 4K restoration of It's a Wonderful Life. Mm. Um, which, you know, they could have been showing the old one, folks, because I had never seen it before. Um, this is one of those. This is one of those uh, f- uh, instances where you're seeing a film where you've taken in so much of it just through osmosis from like the culture. Do yeah. you know what I mean? It's such a widely referenced and and parodied and and uh, inspired uh, film that inspired so many other ones. I also realized that basically every time anyone does an old timey movie star voice, they're doing. George, it's a wonderful life. Oh, what do you mean? See, uh, my back's up against the wall here, buddy. Come on now, um, yeah, Jimmy Stewart. Jimmy Stewart. Yeah, it's like everyone's basically doing that because I guess it's the most famous old timey movie ever. But it was—I mean, it was fantastic. Uh, um, uh, it was a—it's uh, uh, really—it looks fantastic. It still looks great. Um, uh, obviously, again, the 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 dress up version just looked phenomenal uh, on screen. I don't—I don't, I don't think they made any significant changes to it. I think it was a pretty straightforward. Uh, 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 spit shine on it, uh, yeah, but wonderful, uh, uh, inspiring, you know, sad in parts, great performances. The ending is fantastic. Um, uh, still, it still packs a punch, even though you know what the thing is, you know, the gimmick of it, you know, the 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 the, the scene that ties it to it. It's also got that, um, it's got that home alone pacing where the film is like 80% set up. Like and it's like and then the thing everyone remembers and talks about is actually like twenty percent of the film at the very very end, um. Uh, but yeah, fantastic, love that. I would definitely if they if that was to make the rounds routinely in theaters every Christmas, I would absolutely go see it again next year. Um. Uh. Yeah, it was fantastic. Um. Not a terrible cinema going experience, as I've said. The uh, uh this was the busiest I've ever seen in the theater. Uh, in in our last few weeks of going to see you know smaller films, which is a lovely treat, but this being a very famous film, it, the theater was nearly full. wasn't bad, but there was a woman sitting behind <laughs> me, and <laughs> like she was going <gasps> and oh. <laughs> And for like literally every line of the movie, whatever the tone of the line that was just said was, she had a gasp or a oh or a guffaw or a she was uh, she wasn't being very loud, but she was sitting directly behind me. And I was like, you can't, you can't be serious. You cannot be serious. Like when 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 uh, early on in the movie, when like the old chemist, like he accidentally grabs the wrong pill and then he he almost potentially almost poisoned. It's like oh no. I'm like, come on! You can't. First of all, she—you were about a hundred. You must have seen this film before. Um, like, ugh, <laughs> like I just—I don't know. Again, you know, not the worst experience ever, but but fucking hell, I just don't, I just don't know. Um, other parts of it were nice though, because people were like, you know, the, uh, laughing and having fun and 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 you know, getting in the, getting married together. Uh, but anyway, uh, on the uh, on the Christmas tip, 
we rewatched the Jim Carrey Grinch movie again. Mm. I, I, if I had my way, it wouldn't be going on our Christmas list, but it makes its way on every year. Um, whenever that movie starts, I always think like, you know, it, it kind of was impressive that back in the day, even the shit blockbusters had very elaborate set design and production design. And even when the movie was shit, it was like, well, there was a huge gargantuan team effort to build the sets and to have the, 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 the you know, there is a style through that movie. And every single character, every single actor has to have that who makeup done to their face. And it looks very convincing. And, and all the outfits are kind of outrageous. It's like, oh, yeah, you know, bygone era of, of, of blockbuster cinema, that kind of thing isn't really done anymore in the age of CGI. Blah, blah, blah. I have that thought every time I watch the movie. And then after about a half hour, I was like, yeah. Anyway, this fucking sucks. And I wish I didn't have to watch it. It's bad. Um, I don't uh, agree. Uh, it's terrible. I like. I like. There's one joke I always like in the movie that I think is tremendous, and it is great. And that's when, um, you know, they're 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 establishing how much of a, a lonely, creepy old fucking loser the Grinch is in his in his uh, big empty cave, and he's getting annoyed at his own echo. And so then he says, "I'm an idiot," to get the echo to say it, and then the echo says, "You're an idiot." Uh, that's a great joke. It's. I have to give him credit. That's the one great joke in that movie. Um, uh, anyway, so I watched that and much better. I did, of course, just before this broadcast. I squeezed in Jingle all the way. Um, oh, baby! Um, I love. Always love the the subplot of, of Phil Hartman just shagging all the neighbors. Um, <laughs> God, God bless him. Uh, on a non-Christmassy note, and something I haven't actually seen before. I saw the second Matrix movie for the first time, Reloaded, which um, I was very late to the first film, uh, as in like the last couple of years I saw it uh, for the first time, and I've seen it a couple of times since, fantastic, love it, and I was like, all right, let's get get these sequels watched in preparation for the new one. I thought Reloaded was was really, really good. I know the third one is the controversial one, uh, but you know, I've also seen, you know, second one seems like it's uh, people also tend to love or hate that one. I thought it was really good. I thought it kind of helped to give a lot of kind of contextualizing and a lot of humanizing for the quote unquote real world, the the Zion, you know, um, yeah, yeah. which is not a thing, which is not a thing in the first movie. It's just not. It's it's kind of like you have the dramatic reveal of what it is, but you don't get a sense of what the war is or who are the people, how is this organized? And I think it's just really great classic sci-fi world building in the first half of that movie. So in the second half of the movie, it goes mental and it's like, all right, time to do Matrix shit now. And we're going to talk about uh, AI. And by the way, these things that are helping you are not actually people. It's AI. It makes you think, doesn't it? And I'm like, yeah, it kind of does. Um, uh, except for the part where the only thing, you know, these movies are very, very uh, prescient and, and and predicting a lot of things in the future. But the concept that some of these AIs would actually be helpful in, in our dystopian computer run future, that's the only thing they got wrong. Um, and yeah, the action is all tremendous. Um, holds up really well. Some of the CGI doesn't, obviously. Um, that's the thing about because these movies literally were these were bleeding edge, you know, trailblazing movies back in the day, and even those come of age eventually. I think we live in such uh, in an era where we're obviously so completely saturated with CGI all the time, and and a lot of it can look very fake, even in big budget movies. I think I think a key thing that goes a long way to forgiving some of that is if at least conceptually what you're watching is interesting in terms of how you choreograph a fight. The movie yeah. opens with the big, the premonition of, of, of um, Carrie Ann Moss falling th- through the 
she gets knocked out a window and she has like a vertical falling shootout with an agent um that's really fucking cool it's just conceptually cool and they shoot it really cool and yeah you know the character models don't exactly hold up to snuff in 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 modern scrutiny with modern eyes but like you can kind of forgive it because it just such it's such a cool idea same with the big um the big endless spawning Mr. Smith fight um, uh, in the playground, I guess it is. Um, again, a lot of that stuff, like when, when bodies are going flying all over the place, it's like, oh, like, look at all these GTA NPCs going flying. <laughs> and you're like, yeah, but like, it's such a cool idea that, that you, you can just kind of forgive it. I think a, a problem with some of the, like, the lower spectrum worst moments of, say, the Marvel movies or even the modern Star Wars movies is that it doesn't look great to the human eye. And then also, like, if it had the greatest CGI in the world, it's not a interesting visual anyway, or a well choreographed fight, or something that's shot with a bit of dynamism. Uh, that Matrix Two has that. Um, so yeah, loved it. I actually I I almost enjoyed it as much as the first. The first still has the novelty value and the 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 kind of more iconic moments. Um, but yeah, the action is great. That that highway chase is is phenomenal still. Um, I was wondering how that because its legacy preceded it. I was wondering if I would actually still enjoy it in like twenty twenty one. Um, watching it, I was kind of like, "Wow!" A lot of action movies took a lot of stuff from this um, uh, in the in the following two decades. Um, yeah, is, is is it that film that literally a shot from it is used in other films where the car flips? Is that Matrix Reloaded that I'm thinking of, or is that another film? I feel like I've heard of the general thing you're talking about. I don't know if it's this one. Um, I'll, have to, I'll have to look it up. Um, yeah. So, yeah, we will. Uh, we're going to try and uh, get the third one watched um, before before the next one comes out. Uh, although, was um, probably going to be a real struggle to get to see the next one. So, yes, sorry, it is. It's in Transformers. That shot was reused. I uh, was uh, car flipping on the, the the car flipping on the motorway. Okay, interesting. Hmm. Um, are they made by the same studio, or could be, could be. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, that was my movies for the week. And that's all our movies for the week. One, one more movie quickly, actually, because Michelle will tell me off for forgetting, but we watched The Santa Claus uh, this morning as well. Lovely. So fun. And I have to say, Tim Allen is very funny. Like, he is just very funny in that movie. Yeah. Just his delivery and stuff was very good. Yeah. And L's with attitude. Yeah, it's very good. Yeah. Yeah. And especially the scene where he get first gets really fat and he goes to the meeting. <laughs> yeah, I love that scene. He's like, yeah, I'm a, I'm a Caesar salad, no dressing, and uh, yeah, butterscotch and a uh, cookie, homemade cookie, and uh, yeah, just, ooh, fudge, fudge sauce on the side. Yeah, that's, uh, that's really good. Well done, Tim Allen. Well done, Tim Allen. And, and, and fair play to you for getting your bag and making like six sequels to that fucking thing. Why not? Well done. I've watched like one of them because it was on RTE one day. It was like big, big movie one Saturday. And it's like, mm. he fights Mr. Frost or some shit. Jack it's not, Frost. Jack Frost. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I will. Please. Mr. Frost is my father. Please. It's Jack. Um, <laughs> That's one of like, was it Martin Short? He's in that. I can't remember. I can't remember. Uh, but it's funny because I was talking last week about how the problem with all these, these, these iconic Christmas movies is the bit where they actually go to the North Pole or they do the supernatural stuff. It's always very hokey and shitty. Santa Claus 3 is literally all set in like a fucking fictional, fantastical winter wonderland. It's not even about him being a dad anymore. It's just it's just about him getting into yeah. capers as Santa. And as such, oh. it's not great because what I like about it 
is that he's a weird divorced loser who's also Santa. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so it is it is Martin Shore in it, but I have a little impromptu quiz for you guys. Oh, so Barry, Barry, you have the the distinct advantage having seen the film. I'm not going to remember a thing, but go on. Do you know what the uh, subtitle of Santa Claus Three is? So Santa Claus Three, comma. <laughs> um, battle for the North Pole. <laughs> no, it's it's a legal term. Oh, and yeah, I thought it was something like that. I can't quite remember it. It's like, uh, what is it? Santa Claus Three. Nah, go on. The escape clause. Oh. Claus also with an E, of course, because that's how it's normally spelt, even if you don't consider Santa Claus with the extra E. Um, very good. I've only seen the first Santa Claus, and it didn't give me any reason to watch any, any more of those. <laughs> For some reason, I did like that one of the elves was named Bernard. That's as far yeah. as my enjoyment of that film. <laughs> Instead of Bernard, they probably yeah. Bernard. That always Bernard. Bernard. <laughs> Um, we'll jump into the game guff here very quick. Uh, I know Paul has a lot of uh, ha- Halo takes to get out of him. Yeah. Uh, but before he gets into that, I will say that I uh, I followed up on a Paul review um, from, I think, last Ooh. week. I played The Artful Escape. Um, as I said, my, my time off work has predominantly been used getting through the old backlog of games and specifically the Game Pass uh, stack. You know, um, so I played the Artful Escape. I thought it was really good. Uh, I binged through it in like one session, one afternoon, like a one, three and a half, four hour sesh. Um, Really good. Looks fantastic. I thought the story was very interesting, very nicely done. I think, I think, you know, as Paul kind of describes about this kind of nephew of a legendary folk singer, pretty much not Bob Dylan, but actually Bob Dylan is what they kind of want you to evoke. The music is so like that. Um, and you don't want to be that man. You want to be a guitar shredding fucking sci-fi character. Um, and obviously you, that can be applied literally, but it's, it's obviously got such broad themes of just being, you know, not being who you're supposed to be or you're predestined to be and just figuring yeah. your own. You it's great. It's fantastic. I like that they've like kind of out of the blue. I'm actually, you know what? I'm not going to spoil. There's certain things that like the mechanics that they introduce halfway through the game that I think is a very great kind of spin on that, on that concept. It's great. I think it looks amazing. I think it's a really great looking game. Um, so it's a, two, two negatives I had that, that maybe kind of keep it out of the upper echelon of the year for me. One. So, so there, there is a kind of, uh, I think you mentioned like limbo last week to, to me, it almost reminded me more of night in the woods uh in 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 just how kind of rudimentary and kind of not really important the platforming aspect of the game is it is it is kind of just there to give your hands something to do as you're watching this very stylish journey and that's kind of fine for the most part because again it's not the point but i did feel like towards the end of it it it's like for a thing that's not the point i kind of also wished maybe a little bit less of this like i think you could have tightened it up a little bit because that that might have been helped by not playing in one session for four four hours long well, I'm, what I mean is I didn't get burned out on it, but I also didn't play it in one sitting. True. So I, okay. I think I played it across like three or four sittings. So yeah. Uh, it's more bite size. It's, 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 yeah, that's, that's one minor thing. Also, the other, the other thing, and this is kind of to my surprise, I don't, I thought it sounded very nice. I thought the, the, the guitar shredding is very, uh, um, apropos and it, it sounds good, but uh, I w- wouldn't say it was like one of my favorite soundtracks of the year, really. I, I wouldn't say it's super memorable. 
if you ask me like what's a track from a moment of the game that i remember i'm like couldn't pick one i hate to slap the word generic on it because that's harsh and not really what i mean but it kind of did sound a little bit like we're going to put like generic heavy metal hair guitar hair band guitar riffs over all of this stuff um yeah it was definitely towards the jazzier end of guitar solos yeah so because there was no repeating motif or repeating mm-hmm. riff it doesn't like get drum drilled into your head so yeah i i agree that that wasn't memorable i don't think that was uh any lesser for it no no that's I, it's yeah it was still certainly good i was i wasn't thinking during it I was like oh this isn't very good it's like yeah no it's it's, it's a good soundtrack and apropos for what it needs to be uh, yeah so that's a that's a game pass game you should all check that out if you do have that service uh i finished guardians of the galaxy this week marvel's guardians of the galaxy uh very pleasantly surprised at that as i think i mentioned already i think it's it's got that uh mcu vibe down but as you would kind of hope from a game you can do a little bit more uh you can potter around in the world a little bit more as you would expect and you know talk to more characters and there's tons of dialogue like i said tons of optional stuff lots of items you can find conversations you can unlock that are missable and stuff like that um and i think it does work a, a, as a whole kind of more than the sum of its parts um it's also a game that t- towards the end of it i was like i think that gameplay is really fun y- it's it's a third person shooter you play a star lord you run around you've got you you've got weapons that you unlock attachments for and different ammo types but you don't get other weapons uh but the gameplay is kept interesting because you unlock other abilities for your teammates and they, they're at your disposal the whole time so like that's actually kind of interesting rather than doing like the avengers game where it's like here's a half-baked control scheme for rocket and a half-baked one for Groot. instead it's just like you're going to be started and you get to control everyone technically through his kind of direction uh, uh which is really cool but by the end of the game i was kind of feeling like i wish my character that i was controlling was not just a guy who effectively has two pistols um right. and can just circle straight around people and shoot it's it's you know um but it's 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 fun it's fun and it's got um uh it's got a lot of choices in it and i it, it's kind of very much the classic telltale thing of you're not really changing the story but i appreciate the amount of dialogue choices it gives you because it's pretty much just about shaping your experience and characters make callbacks to this or that or you can i don't know if you can skip uh certain sections but certain sections will change depending on decisions you've made there is a whole kind of tertiary character you can at the, based on a very early decision you cannot have on your ship which is a nice touch um yeah no it's 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 really good the voice acting is all uh, uh, uh really good um hard, hard to justify this at, at a at the currently uh outrageous new retail price of ps5 games which is 80 quid but i did get it on sale for half price uh it's a per it's a it's a perfect sale or if this ends up on game pass and you've any kind of affinity at all for like those movies and those characters i would absolutely say give it a give it a whirl um yeah so that was guardians and uh yeah i'll throw it over to yourself paul okay so only one game for me this week halo infinite which mm. i am coming to the end of i haven't quite finished but i'm three missions from the end give or take of the 15 so i'm like two hours from beating it let's say mm-hmm. um so following on from what i said last week still a lot of positives um but i would say in in the in the second half I've maybe come from like come down from like a nine out of ten to like an eight out of ten. Um and my my main problem I've had recently with the game is is more structurally with how three four three put the game together. Um 
insofar as there is like as as with typical open world games, there's a point of no return, right? Meaning there is a there is a mission that once you start it, you can't do any more open world stuff until you right. At which point the game will open up again. The problem in Halo is that the point of no return mission is like three quarters into the game. So for like the last quarter of the campaign, it basically throws out the open world thing and just reverts back to what Halo has been for the past three, four games. Namely, corridor, corridor, big room, shoot enemies, corridor, corridor, big room, shoot enemies. Um, Which isn't bad per se, but it kind of feels like they've... They've they've done this open world game, but not fully committed to it. It feels, in a sense, like they've betrayed their own commitment to like this is Halo, but in an open world. Wow. But really, for really for the last twenty five percent, we're going to fuck off the open world and just do what Halo has been for the last <laughs> right. seven games. You know, um, which which feels disappointing because, um, not that the the levels individually aren't fun or anything, but it's just like. The open worldness is kind of the whole reason for the game, and and so many of the new mechanics, even in terms of how Master Chief controls, are so intrinsically linked to the fact that it's an open world game. That when when you revert back to it not being open world for for literally the last three four hours of the game, of a game which is only like when I said last week twenty four hours, I I overestimated. I'm going to have this game beaten in about sixteen hours. Wow. So when when the last three, four hours of it aren't open world, uh it, it kind of loses a bit of its luster in, in that respect. Um It's also a fairly short runtime for an open world game. I'm not saying they all have open, to be eighty hours long, but that's pretty it's pretty short. It it even uh, yeah, when I when we talk about like Spider Man and Ghost of Tsushima being more or less the perfect length for open world games, it's even shorter than that. Yeah, and mm. that's that com- that's part of my second problem, which I'll get to in a second. But even in terms of it not being open world anymore, the 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 three to four last missions also all take place in corridors that all look the same. They're not like uh, very varied looking levels. It, it's the same metallic shiny blue corridor. It's just that for like three hours, and it, okay. it, that that feels like a disappointment when the when the the experience should be ramping up to its like obviously the narrative climax, but also in terms of gameplay, visuals, etc., the game should be peaking. Then it, it, it's at that point you feel like, oh, we've we've kind of taken a step backwards here. Um, and uh, obviously, having reached the point of no return, that that means that I've also completed all of the uh, open world stuff available to you. Mm. Um, I haven't I haven't got every collectible, but in terms of beating a game. You know, when you play a Fallout or a Skyrim, whatever, what I consider being in the game is you do all the main quests and you do all the side quests. If you don't find every single collectible, there's so many, like, that's fine. So in Halo, you have obviously your main quests. There's no side quests per se, but there are, your, there's 20 uh, bases you have to be. I think I, I, I'm iffy on the numbers, but let's just roughly, there's like 20 bases they have to be, which, which, uh, in Metal Gear Solid Five, <laughs> completely ripped off from Metal Gear Solid Five, those bases will allow you to like uh, load a specific weapon loadout. You can just choose what weapons you want. You can load in uh, other Marines to to go with you on your on your missions, uh, vehicles, etc. Right? There's twenty of those. There's fifteen uh, high value targets, so they're very much ripped off from Assassin's Creed Odyssey, where you have your like assassination list to go through. Yeah. 
um, you have uh, 10 to 15 like Marines in need of help. So it, it's like a, a very small uh, base where you go and there's like four Marines tied up to a thing and you free them and kill the enemies. You do that in like five minutes. Mm. And then there's seven like bad guy hideouts which are different to the the bases it's like they're the biggest of the four things to do it's like they're like the big assassin's creed odyssey like big encampments uh, strongholds like Mm. yeah but once you do all those there's nothing else in the world to do (laughs) so um in, in in the sense of it being open world it feels like uh, it, it's it's very the opposite of something like um, Breath of the Wild in that it, it very much doesn't uh, encourage you to explore. Now, wh- while I'm sure there are maybe some secrets hidden, you know, in the world, any time I spent aimlessly wandering just around the world, I never found anything of interest. <laughs> it's anyway. very much just the fobs which are already marked on your map. You go do those. They will show some other things on your map collectibles or like i said the other activities to do mentioned previously uh but there's nothing else to do in the world the world feels very empty and despite the fact that side quests already make sense in terms of the master chief like master chief's just on his main mission master chief isn't going to be like master chief go get me the ingredients for the potion and i'll do it <laughs> like, it doesn't make sense as, as it's not an, uh, an rpg master chief, I do wish- delivery come on <laughs> but i do wish there was something more for you to do outside of the main quest that wasn't just go to area kill enemies that's it you and 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 also the fact of beating these areas don't unlock anything for you aside from fast travel points so uh aside from the high value targets which get you like a, a special weapon unlock that the that they use the boss uses um otherwise you don't get anything for unlocking there's no mate because there's no xp in the game you don't get like a huge xp jump for clearing out this big base yeah um nor do you unlock like a cool new vehicle no you literally just it's just a fast travel point and not only is a fast travel point but when you fast travel to it all the enemies have respawned so it's, it's also not fun in that way um but it's not all negative of course uh i think the bosses in halo infinite are the best halo bosses i've ever been and the high-value targets are the most fun of all the previously mentioned activities to do in the game. Um, so the high-value target will be some variants of one of the series' regular bad guys. So it'll be a grunt or a brute or an elite or whatever. But they will be like extra strong, obviously. They have a health bar and a shield bar, and they will have some variant on a very strong weapon. So uh, they'll have like a sniper rifle, but one that has an extra functionality to it or does more damage or whatever it might be a better better scope and once you kill that boss you unlock that weapon for you to use as well which you can get from one of your bases and that and that's a cool thing because that allows you to get the point where you have the uh, razorback which is a a warthog which allows for six people to sit in and you have five marines who go with you and what you do is you you get you go to your base get the best gun swap it with a marine go back to the base get another the best gun again, which is like the, the volatile skewer, which is a uh, um, basically a rocket launcher. So mm. you're driving driving to the next area with five marines in your back, all with rocket launchers. <laughs> and once you arrive, fucking rockets going everywhere. It's just chaos. And that's like the most fun thing to do in the game is fight the bosses. Um, but like I said, I wish three four three were more uh, convincing in their like dedication to making an actual open world halo game without reverting back to to what halo was before because not that that's bad but 
this was supposed to be the new thing, the new direction for Halo, and ultimately it feels like more of a half step. It is. It is. Uh, it's fascinating though because when you said you know when you just kind of describe the the types of activities you have access to, it's kind of disappointing. But the more I think about, it, I'm kind of like, but what can you do with Halo? At the end of the day, like. What's kind of cool about Zelda is that, you know, Link's this just little nerdlinger wannabe warrior <laughs> who's trying to work his way up, through, you know, make himself a hero. So, of course, he's going to talk to the villagers. And, oh, I, yeah, lear- yeah. I, learned, I learned a recipe. Here's a new weapon. Here's a new friend. Oh, I can pick up this chicken. GTA as well. I mean, the predominant thing you can do in GTA is just murder everyone. But because it's also a, like weird satirical twist on the real world there's lots of fun to be had pottering around and just listening to things and halo was like what can you do he's he's last chief's not gonna fucking have a girlfriend you know what i mean like he's not gonna uh you know have a skateboarding mini game uh but even if the base building was more dynamic or yeah if there was yeah. you know an xp system that made doing these activities feel more warranted or like i don't know it just ultimately the game comes off as feeling a little bit empty and once you've done those activities the open world aspect of the game becomes completely redundant because there's nothing else to do right um and then once you've done all them all 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 that matters is like you just fast travel anywhere because what's the point of going anywhere you know Mm. at which point it's not really an open world game anymore already before you've even reached the point of no return but that's like that sounds very very like i'm very very negative on it but um I very much enjoyed it up to this point. the The shooting is 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 the best it's ever been in the game. The grapple shot, like I said previously, is has completely revolutionized the way Master Chief moves and and fights. In fact, because like I said, you can grab stuff now and chuck it or grab a weapon out of an enemy's hands, and mm. that stuff's all great. It's just about like what were their real intentions with what this game was meant to be? Because either you have the uncharted style linear narrative experience which obviously benefits the narrative more because yeah. they can like directly affect what you do in the game and tell the story the way you want to tell it or you do the open world where you have full agency to do what you want to do and it doesn't feel like either it feels like kind of in the middle and not as good as either option would have been but it's fine <laughs> <laughs> like it's a good eight out of ten game. It yeah, is, it yeah. is fun. I just wish it was it was a ten out of ten. Yeah, it, 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 it is. But I'm glad it's at least an eight. I mean, you know, I think it's an eight. It's, it's a good a good eight. I will say the first half of the game is is the best half. Okay. It, 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 it goes downhill after that. Slightly downhill. It's not down to the bottom of the hill. Like you know, it's an easy gradient that you might go on a nice walk and not even notice you're walking downhill. Uh, so yeah, we will uh, move from there on to. I don't think no one had emails this week. I didn't have any emails. No, no emails. Okay, we will move in to the wrestling guff. Uh, yeah, just before we uh, chat about the the week of AEW, obviously the uh, make note of the, the passing of Jimmy Rave earlier this week, which was very sad to see. Um, I did not realize he was only 39 years of age. I thought he was yeah. I thought he was in his early 40. I know it's only a couple of years difference, but to just be 39. He had been around um, forever. He'd been around for so long, which really kind of makes you think back on like the classic ROH and the TNA stuff as well. Like he was a he really was TNA, a, a rock and youngster. Rave rock and rave, yeah. Just like he was he was a youngster. Um yeah, obviously a lot of health woes in the last couple of years. Um uh, very sad to see. Very sad to see. Yeah. Um uh, but yeah, uh, lots of love to his uh, his his family, uh, who uh, 
are missing him, I'm sure. Um, yeah. So uh, uh, we'll I'll awkwardly segue away back into the uh, our your regularly scheduled uh, uh, wrestling chit chat. Uh, we did have the AEW Winter is Coming uh, show this week, which was um, a weird show for a number of reasons. We'll start with the very 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 positive stuff first. They did have the Danielson. Hangman title match, which of course, as I think most people guessed when they came out to open the show, went an hour. Um, I was I was wondering uh, when they started the match, and I felt like they were going to go an hour. I was like, I feel like they're going to do that. Like Hangman wins at like fifty nine minutes is what I was like predicting they were going to do. Mm. But no, they did the draw. They they they're they're kind of going with this Danielson kind of draw. I think story is is something they're very much doing. He's 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 not, he's not a closer. I think. Um, is perhaps the angle, but uh, what did you boys make of the match? Well, it was very, very good. Mm. It was, uh, yeah, I think the actual action was fantastic. I mean, obviously they started slowly. So you could kind of tell they were going a long time because it was a fairly slow start. But I think once they got into it, yeah, the story was great. Uh, and then in terms of the finish, I wasn't angry about it. I wasn't too disappointed, but it does feel relatively close to the the Kenny one, and it's a mm. bit like uh, I don't. Maybe it's just not being used to tie you know time limit draws anymore in wrestling. It's going to take a while for it to become kind of a normal finish. But I did think it was a, a little bit repetitive of that. But again, I wasn't I wasn't too disappointed. It was a is a TV match, and they had a really good match. So you know, so I'll still go four four and three quarter stars on that. Yeah, Joe made a great point. I think, um, I just think, yeah, it, it's a bit too soon after the Kenny match. And and the reason I say that is because now they've uh, established a precedence where when the big match opens the show, suspiciously, it's, got, it's, it's mm. going to draw. Um, I, yeah, they nearly need to establish now that they can do it. Like, I would have next time they have it, or maybe not next time, but upcoming if they have a big title match like that i'd have an open again and and not go, go to a draw because otherwise when they want to do the draw gimmick and suddenly it's opening the show i think it, it, it's it's going to be too predictable you need yeah. to you need to establish that that's not a necessity you know or it's not necessarily going to go that way um that being said, I thought it was like the 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 quickest hour long match I've ever seen. Yeah, really. Yeah, I felt very similar. <laughs> I was like, like, I cannot believe, even knowing and looking at the clock, going, "This is definitely going an hour." Didn't feel like it at all. Did not feel no. like it at all. And that's the biggest compliment you like. And and the the cardio of the two guys, like fifty five minutes in, they're doing a, a a suplex off the off the top rope into a backflip onto his feet i'm like i wouldn't even be able to fucking stand on top rope after 55 but it's never mind doing flippy do's onto me toes um yeah I, th- I thought it was really really great and the fact that it was uh, as long as it was but held my attention as it did and never felt uh stodgy or slow or like they were stalling Obviously, there were bits after after the the gig ski mm. where there was, there was like a little a little five minute break, but they worked it into the narrative in a clever way that didn't feel like, you know, when when you hear stories, and I you know, I don't want to turn it into an AWWWE thing, but when you hear stories of like 
raw they go to commercial and they just stand around and stand around outside the ring sometimes yeah <laughs> it's like they could have very easily done that here but obviously because they're on fight tv they couldn't but it never felt like oh we're in a commercial slow it down brother mm. you know they just went for an hour and uh i thought yeah i thought it was really really great um very 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 much fan of it but i also thought that despite how good it was i thought it unbalanced the show in a really bad way as well that was yeah that, yeah um, i agree not even necessarily the case that like how do you follow that up but just after being invested in a match like that for an hour uh i just felt totally fatigued and nothing else that i watched it wasn't that i couldn't follow up the match it was just that like i, I couldn't get into anything else after watching that for, for as long as it was um which is a shame because the maybe would maybe this show would have been better watched in in two halves yeah <laughs> you don't know you don't know that going in unfortunately you know um it might have been better served watching the Danielson match taking a two three hour break do something else come back and watch the second half as as almost a separate mm-hmm. show but it was bloody good very much enjoyed it. i liked i liked Danielson doing his little jumping jacks and then when he hurt his leg he was doing it on one leg oh, what a king yeah his 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 acting the shithead during the breaks in particular <laughs> was just so funny so so funny yeah, I, I thought it was interesting as well that they they gave Hangman, even though it was a draw, they gave him kind of the visual win where he, yeah. he hit the finish right before the buzzer. Like, he would have won if it had gone five seconds longer. I, I, I thought that was interesting. Obviously, they want to do the draw because then Danielson has a, a gripe and say, you couldn't beat me, and maybe they'll do a rematch down the line, which the commentators were pushing. I want to see a rematch! Um, but they kept Hangman, Hangman strong in, like, if it had gone 10 seconds longer, he would have won. Yeah, I, I, I kind of liked that, though, because to me, I kind of thought the obvious result that they were definitely going to do was was Hangman had to win. I, I, I see some people, and I, I can't wrap my head around humor in the idea that Brian could have won. I was like, you could not possibly do that to, to Hangman. So if they were going to do the draw, I liked it being one of those draws where I was like, okay, well, Hangman almost had it. You know, um, I did like that. I thought that was appropriate. I think my issue then is that compared to last year's Winter is Coming, where you had the title change and Sting's debut, I thought they kind of had to go out and make this show really memorable as well. And I think aside from this match, they really didn't. No. The, re- the rest of it felt kind of by the numbers there, I say. I mean, it's great that they had one of like the best TV matches in in. God knows how long in the opener, because the rest of it, yeah, it didn't, it didn't you know. You win. can have the best TV match, we got to have something to fucking tickle the balls of the people yeah. who like who like Vince Russo's wrestling brother yeah there was no there was no there was no wind wind ago wind ago there was no there was no there was no <laughs> there was no, there was no windy, windy bottom he, he didn't show up there was no windy um yeah so like what after that I suppose we had um there was the women's match uh which was good again the deep and, and Sheeta it's always good I was yeah. surprised Sheeta won um but I suppose she is their like former champ, and you know, like you know, uh, yeah. Deeb has beaten her. Was it one all going to this match? It was one all. Yeah, this is a rubber okay. match. Yeah, okay. uh, so I was a bit surprised by that, but you know, that it makes sense. She's a babyface. She's a year reigning champion, and she should probably beat Deeb. Um, but yeah, they did that. Uh, what was um, other than the main event? What else was on this show? Matt Wardlow, Wardlow, and Matt Seidel, which they Seidel, which they like pushed as one of the four matches. It went one minute. 
Yeah, it was it was completely an after. And then Sean Spears, Sean Spears is doing the the Bubba Ray Dudley two thousand gimmick where he hits someone with a chair and oh, I'm a fucking orgasm, which is, is <laughs> the, lamest, the lamest thing in the world. He's also wearing like a suit with no shirt under it. Um, he is so bad. He, I, I can't stand Sean Spears. They, 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 I think they're also kind of trying to further do the. Uh, accountability thing uh ward yeah wardlow is like he's being a legend and power bombing matt seidel into the ground and for some reason like i don't even know can I, like kayfabe wise why he would care sean spears like all right just pin him man like what like stop wasting our time um, which i like which i think is a kind of a decent way to subtly heal uh spears because i think people are liking the power bomb thing um but he but he was even more kind of pushing it he was like no come on beat him beat him beat him he wasn't kind of laissez-faire about it, which is yeah. very strange um and then he was like oh yeah he got like a phone call from mjf for some of the fucking worst acting <laughs> yeah yeah and then he's like oh wardlow you need to go buy the champagne i did like that where he's like just fucking go in your gear wardlow and his fucking knee pads go into the 7-eleven to get the champers <laughs> was a funny visual but uh oh, sean spears man can't hack him i'm sorry uh yeah so we got that um and then we got the main event uh which was mm, jeff versus dante martin good match but a fl- flat uninteresting uh, uh uh ending for a big show like this um yeah. but it was good i liked it um and then uh mjf retained which i think he should they should do this match every year and he should win it until he retires <laughs> every year. like like, like <laughs> i think it's such a, a goofy fun tradition um not quite worthy of main eventing a a, a winter is coming style thing but no um, you could yeah you could almost turn that into a spot like how will mjf not get eliminated this year almost the opposite of like a kofi kingston john morrison how did he not get eliminated Can yeah um, but I still don't understand this fucking Dante Martin story. I'm sorry. So I think this, the story explained it well enough. I think the, I think there, it's not much. I think it's literally just that he wanted to dupe them in the battle royal. Is the entirety yeah. of it. I I I, 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 but what else is there to 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 buy? I don't know. It just it. That's the problem. It seems like an overly convoluted setup for a not good enough payoff. I feel like, yeah, you know what they should probably do? Because I've seen multiple people ask that exact question. They need to have Taz cut a promo, not on commentary. They need to actually cut a promo about how he was. He's so annoyed because he was duped in that battle royal, which was the point of that, by the way. Uh, uh, You signed that contract just so you could dupe us. Because I feel like people are asking, but what comes next? I was like, no, there is no next. That's the end. That's it. It was a two-week story. Yeah. I prefer a babyface who fucking is a tough badass who beats up the heels than one who like uses subterfuge to infiltrate them and immediately turn on them. And like, if it was a long build where he inf- infiltrated Team Taz, used the fact that he was in Team Taz to his advantage, yeah, uh, he he was like two weeks and then he already turned on. I was like, what's the point of it? Too much effort, too overthought, and not clever. Yeah, it was probably it was it was it was excessively cute. There was the uh, with with minimal uh, uh, payoff, but um, um, and one. I was gonna say, and then they did that thing that they do, which they also did on Rampage. Too much, too much. 
the match ends, MGF has the ring, but then Punk comes out with the bat, and then there's a schma, and then this happens. Like, mm. I, 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 we've had this conversation before, but like, wrestling segments need to be like PowerPoint slides, one idea to a slide. Yeah. Otherwise, it's cluttered nonsense. And Rampage was especially bad for this. I think we had this exact conversation last week. We had this exact conversation because it happens. It happens every week, and it is really annoying. Um, like, what's the point of of this segment? Is MJF wins the ring? Mm-hmm. You can you can close the show on that. Fucking MJF got the ring. He'll get his comeuppance one day. Don't fucking worry. No, Punk has come out with the bat. FTR have to come out. They fight. Fucking oh god, stop. Especially because it's like it's setting up like, what, like what a six man tag, like whatever, like you know, just yeah, just announce a six man tag in midweek, yeah, or something like that. I don't know. Yeah, it's it's too much, and they do they do that way too much. Rampage, the the end of Rampage was not so bad for that. Where it was, who was in the main event? It was two point acclaimed and uh, uh, Garcia yeah. against Kingston. The Lucha Bros, Bros and Pride and Powerful. Yeah. And what did the show end with? Uh, Jungle Boy and Christian looking into the camera while Jungle Boy's music played. Yeah. Um, just... After Jungle Boy and the and Luchasaurus had a face-off with the Lucha Bros, who were just beaten in the match. Yeah. Going, oh, we're coming for your titles, brother. It's like, oh, hang on. And then Eddie Kingston running up the ramp after, like, too much stuff happening. Stop. Why, why did they lose that match? I really can't, like... <laughs> like... I understand if it, every now and then you might want to give your your heels, uh, you know, your your mid your but not like lower mid card heels a win every now and then to keep them legitimate. I didn't think this was the win to give them. I thought that was very unusual that whole uh, um, that decision, uh, especially yeah, as you said, it, to set up an angle where they tease the next tag title challengers um, who aren't the t- in the, ma- the other team that just beat them. Yeah. Yeah, I I was like, what is going on in this company? Why? It, there's always a, a, a post match beatdown as well. That seems like a staple of every, nearly every match. Day. Every yeah, almost every segment on on most of the shows, uh, including on 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 this show. Uh, um, the the opener was I know again both the, both the tag matches were good. I enjoyed. I thought they were both very fun multi person tags because we had they were we had the super click and best friends in the opener, uh, yeah. which was good. That also had. Did they they get they get into it after that match? I can't remember. No, no. Thankfully, that one didn't. That, that one just one had did. the big hug at the end. That one had the big. Well, hug. I, I was so sure it was going to happen. Yes, which yeah. is the problem is is not that it happened. Is that I've been conditioned to expect it. Now. Yeah. So so it didn't happen there. But then we had the um, submission match, um, which was quite <laughs> bad. Um, <laughs> it's funny because it's like two people who you could say are. are getting better and if you put them in there with the right person can probably have yes. a really good match well each other is not the right person <laughs> in, in in that case because they had like i like the finish but other than that there was a lot of like you can tell there was a lot of ideas and not pulling them off um and then again and like, like the women's division i feel like is the worst of all for this every fucking match that the bunny is in any way involved that there has to be a, a, a punch after the bell or or someone gets run off to the back or just constant um yeah. uh, it's like they it's like they're in perpetual i don't know how to even describe it it's just kind of like jay and and conti are just in perpetual feuds where that's happening um and yet at the same time they do all those angles but there's no legitimacy legitimacy to it no one buys the bunny and penelope ford as the actual you know potential threats or stars 
Yeah, I agree. Um, so yeah. That middle section I, just, was not Overall, great. they just need to simplify things down again. Mm. You know? How it used to be. It used to be fucking simple. Simple, simple. Have one big angle, a show. Simple, simple. And then you've got too much. Yeah, the... Take Conti can't just win the match, and oh, Take Conti's got one up on them. Bunny has to run in with the nooks and knock her out immediately after it ends, and then and then Anna has to chase her off the chair. Oh my god! So yeah, I'm not fun. Um, that's why that, that's why also Hangman Dynaston was so great because there was no fuckery <laughs> to it. Yes, <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. They just did a match. Albeit a long one, but they just did it. There was no shit about it. Anyway. Yeah, so Rampage Rampage is now settling into this thing where it's like good, but that's it. <laughs> you know, it's like, it's yeah, fine. I, agree. I was going to say, with the exception of Hook's debut, which is obviously the best thing that's happened in wrestling in a decade, Rampage is very quickly becoming... Watch it if you have an hour free. If not, you're not really gonna miss anything. Do you know what I mean? Like it's it's skippable. Yeah, yeah. It is. Which is a problem. It's a big, big problem. But next week. Hook. Oh, he's back this bear country. Merry Christmas. Let's 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 find out how good Hook really is. Let's see if he can have the first good match involving one of the bear country lads. Oh, I wish um, it could be rampage every day. So my, problem, <laughs> my 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 first of all, aren't the bear boys heels as well? That's a weird pairing. Um, but also, are they? I thought they were bigger faces. I thought I don't know. Um, well, usually the big ugly hairy fellas are heels in wrestling, no? Um. My fear is that that's going to be a lot of hook selling, which I I would I want hook to come in and beat the fuck out of this guy, no matter how big he is. Hook just fucking kills him. That's the way you build hook. No, he's not Darby Allen doing a twenty minute sell job for Billy Gunn. Let's not be doing that, please. Um. Oh, we did also get yeah. a, the, the the really odd. They've been like, they said they were going to say something about the Owen on Dynamite, and then they didn't. And then they said they said we're going to do it on Rampage. And then the announcement was two tournaments happening in May, yes. and we're going to talk more about it on Wednesday. I'm like, this is such a weird stilted launch. Um, yeah. But anyway, um, yeah, uh, I think that's it. Really, uh, we can uh, wrap it up there. As we said earlier in the show. We are going to get together later in the week. We will do our Spider-Man spoiler cast. There'll be much to discuss, I'm sure. We will talk about that. We will uh, put it out for you beautiful listeners to listen to. And that's going to be it for the year. Um, We will be taking uh, New Year's week off. We'll be back in early January. So I guess this makes this the last regularly scheduled uh, CSP for a few weeks. So in the meantime, we want to thank you all for another year of support and listening. Thank you for your emails. Um, and thanks just for listening mainly. You don't have to email to get a thank you. Uh, we, we appreciate you uh, sticking with us for all these years. Another one in the books. So if you do want to reach out to us, it is chairshoppodcast.com. Uh, you can go there. There is a little email link thingy you can click on. They can use to pop us a question, a take, a quiz, 
uh, whatever uh, whatever you want to do and we will read it so uh, thank you so much for listening everyone i hope you have a very safe and happy holiday season from the three of us we'll be talking to you very very soon with our spidey takes and then we'll be chatting to you again in the new year so with all that said it's a goodbye and a merry christmas from me barry plus paul and happy new year and also joe and best wishes for 2023